Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Latest on Big 12 expansion with a focus on Colorado from the latest piece from Pete Thamel at ESPN or on ESPN Plus. We'll have a conversation about that. This is the Neighborhood Watch. I am your host, Josh. Neighbors here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. Thank you all for joining us. However, you are joining us here on this wonderful June 13th, 2023. few things I'm asking from you all. Please, number one, subscribe to the channel. That really helps us a lot. Liking the videos really helps us a lot. And then leave your comments. This is one way you all can really help me. Who do you all want to see on the show? We've had Mark Ziegler on the show. We have had John Kurtz on the show. We have had Donna Morey on the show. We have had Spencer McLaughlin on the show. A lot of folks that I thought would uh, bring engaging conversations and the reviews so far have been very, very strong. Uh, our man Paul Catalina on the main channel is coming on. He's getting married, so he's in the process of that. Bad week for him, but we'll get him on there you know, as soon as Paul is all settled down. Barrett Salee has been on the channel. Andy Staples is coming on the channel in July, so plenty to look forward to, but I want your all's input. This is not just a show about me speaking into the void. What made, I think, a lot of my content successful is the voices that we bring in along the way, so it's just not me unchecked. A lot of conversation, right? Good talks about San Diego State and UConn and really how well, we talk about it, but how real is it? And getting those folks in who cover those schools, giving their thoughts and opinions, but also the reality of what they're hearing, uh, I think was a really good conversation and brought a lot of, you know, kind of levity to a lot of these talks that we have that feel like, you know, what's going to happen here? You know, well, there's reality that we have to, to, to deal with. And I think a lot of reality was brought there. Um, some great reporting from Pete Thamel that we're going to dive into today. But number one, uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you all for watching. All right. That's enough of that. Let's get into it. So um, the, I've, I've always been somebody who said, hey, like, well, you should, you know, if you like the journalism you're getting, it's, it's worth paying for, whether it be the Wall Street Journal, whether it be Washington Post, New York Times, whatever. Uh, I was a subscriber of The Athletic for a long time. I'm not sure I'm going to keep doing that because they laid a ton of people off and uh, you know, they ended up selling out, uh, ESPN plus I'm feeding the big machine short, but there's a lot of big 12 content content on there. And also we get to read people like Adam Rittenberg. We get to read people like Pete Thamel who had a comprehensive piece yesterday on Monday. Uh, it focused on big 12 expansion, pac 12 TV latest. What's bit next for the big 10 and sec ACC latest. Hey, we discuss all of those things on this show. The number one topic was Colorado. And the most interesting part of what he said, it, it really cycles a lot of stuff that we've been saying on this show. And I want to tell you all why. So he says that, um, you know, basically it remains improbable the Buffaloes leave the Big 12 until the Pac-12 presidents get a firm sense of what their next television deal is going to look like. Okay, we've heard that before. Colorado Chancellor Phil, Phil DiStefano, or DiStefano, I'm not sure how he pronounces it, has said as much. However, sources told ESPN that Colorado's patience has waned, which prompted the in-person meeting 
with the Big 12 back in May. Still, realignment decisions are made by university officials and boards who are on historically not as bold, who are not as historically bold as Coach Prime. This is a legacy move for DiStefano and athletic director Rick George, as it impacts the whole university for the next generation. As Arizona President Bobby Robbins said in Washington, D.C. last week, Pac-12 schools are preparing to make decisions once the league delivers details on the TV contract, quote, I think it's going to be quick, end quote, Robin said, I really do. So what are the factors here? The number one thing that caught my eye with this is that Colorado, their patience waning, caused them to have that meeting with the Big 12. You can only publicly go out and say things are fine for so long until well, you know what? You don't have a deal and things aren't fine because every time that we've heard some deadlines, those deadlines have missed. And we're hearing that we're still hearing that there is a need for hard numbers. And to me, the fact that, you know, I, I, I talked to Jim Williams last week and he said, well, you know, it's not like super alarming. There's no hard numbers, but how often can you hear that refrain and say, well, a few more weeks, a few a month, whatever it is, and keep missing that and be like, okay, at this point, we know the players involved. We know the television, or like, you know, at least they should know who is going to be involved. If the Pac-12 gets a television deal, I find it highly unlikely that somebody comes in at the at the 12th hour or, you know, last hour, if you will, and gets a deal. Does not mean it cannot happen, but I feel like we're this late in the negotiation. We kind of know who the players are. And so that tells me at this point, that like, you know, they – if they are to sign a deal, which once again, still in play, obviously um, we know the players are, but I think the fact that the patience waning, which makes a lot of sense going and causing this meeting is, is directly in line with, I think how I am feeling because I have said on this show, I think that these uh, presidents and board members and whoever, you know, ADs, basically whoever your stakeholders are, have more than enough to make the decision on the school's futures. Now, I think Pete makes an excellent point, too. These folks are a bit more conservative with their uh, big leaps and big bounds and big decisions like this. Mentioned this before, mentioned it again. Going to the SEC and the Big Ten is much different, uh, you know, from, from the Pac-12 is much different than leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12, right? Big 12 is in a good spot, sure, but the Big 12 is not the SEC. The Big 12 is not the Big Ten. So in some ways, there are risks associated with this. Also, we talked about this the other day in the context of the Utah Utes with Jake Hatch, who also has been on the show. Um, jumping ship if you are Utah well, if we're going to a revenue model where winning the league is worth more, and I'm not sure what that looks like, to be honest, but like, let's just say that's the Pac-12's case. Well, Utah is one of the whole lot of Pac-12 titles right now. Maybe they make more money if they stay, but that's a risk because you have to do the damn thing to get that money. Those are the decisions that are being made right now. But if you're Colorado and you have not won a, you know, you have not been to many bowl games recently, not had a lot of successful seasons recently, like we are with Coach Prime and whatnot, but if you're trying to get this program as much face time, build this thing back up and winning is going to be tied in to how much money you make, which also ties in 
to your ability to build the program. You might like what you be, but there's no guarantees about winning. Therefore, there's no guarantees about the amount amounts of cash. Might be a floor, might be a ceiling, but there's no hard guarantees there. And that could be very, very concerning for some of these ADs. I'd go as far as to say it should be very concerning for these ADs, these decision makers and whatnot. And so I, I bring it back to this. They have had the requisite time. They want to see these hard numbers. So they can say, look, for sure, we didn't know. But I just don't understand how you can't say this. This is, this is, this is about as reasonable as I can be. And look, am I a board member? No. And some might say, well, there you go. You admitted that you're not a board member. It is June. We are less than 20 days away from entering the financial calendar for 2023 or ours 2023, 2024 for our institution. That is the last year of our athletics. Uh, our athletics are guaranteed a television payout. We did not feel comfortable entering that timeline with no idea about what the next fiscal year was going to look like. That money is desired and is depended on to make sure our student athlete experiences are up there and competitive with other schools that are in our, you know, in our atmosphere in, in college sports. And so we felt like we gave George Klyavkov and the Pac-12 plenty of time to make, uh, you know, to, to receive overtures, to make contact, to get a reasonable television deal. And the fact that there is nothing concrete speaks to the fact that we did not feel, uh, and, and, you know, I guess you could say we posit that we did not see anything concrete. Therefore, we don't really feel comfortable about what the deal would have been in the end of the day. And that lack of sure footing makes us uncomfortable. And we think the best thing for Colorado is to return to a conference at which we are very, in, in which we would be very, you know, very familiar, in which we have experience, in which it was you know, in the 2000s that we were in. I don't know how anybody could say that's that's you know that's like that's unreasonable how can anybody say that's unreasonable that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me colorado's got plenty of justification if the pac-12 beats the big 12 which i know that sentiment has been put out there by pac-12 folks but nothing in the way that this has transpired indicates that will be the case besides their comments there's nothing that indicates that the, the strong design, you know, who is, okay, the big 12, $30 million. Yeah. Who is a player in that? The worldwide leader ESPN. They're out. They've been making, they, they've been cutting, you know, cutting folks left and right. There's not a strong indication that Fox is very much involved right now. We've heard about Apple, Amazon, the CW. Okay. Those companies guys, and especially Amazon, Amazon has not arrived where it is as this global giant machine in like every aspect of your life i'm ordering um to make sure you know we're, we're going to change the background here soon and i'm also ordering a new adapter for my computer to make sure that i can plug both my camera and my microphone right here into it i mean this mic i order from guess where amazon this mixer tapping on it right now i ordered from amazon this the um th those converters i ordered i will order from amazon this water bottle I ordered from Amazon. This, this paper right here has Amazon. Amazon is not everywhere in our houses right now because they made a lot of dumb business decisions. What they're not going to do is look at the, the Pac-12 landscape and be like, hmm, yeah, who else is bidding for you? Uh, we want sports, but we're not going to pay you $25 million per school, uh, 26, you know, let alone 30. 
Who else is going to pay you 30? Oh, the uh, CW is going to pay you 30? All right, well, great. Go go and play with the CW. That's fine. Uh, you know, and I mean 30 million per. That, that could be a top number if we do the revenue distribution thing. I just think that we are at a spot where there is nothing that nothing that indicates that they are in a they are in prime position, they're in pole position to deliver on what a lot of them seem to think can happen. I mean, Washington State is in some disarray right now because they don't know what their budgets are looking like for the future. And they're putting a halt on spending. It doesn't seem like, you know what, we're pretty confident here. I understand, you know, like we all want this stuff to happen faster. So I I, I get why some of these decision makers are like, look, the Big 12 offer is kind of a standing offer. So like we can basically get these hard numbers. But if they were to jump now, you know, there's no nothing to hurt in that. And and Colorado's like, look, the offers, the offers there from the Big 12. We know it's there. It's right there right now. Our patience is running thin because this option's there. It's a it's a strong option. It's a solid option. It's a dependable option because we know where Big 12 athletics are going to be televised. We know who we're going to play, all of those things. And I mean, you know, talking about where we're going to play, like what television can't tell you for Pac-12. How long is the deal for? Can't tell you for Pac-12. Can't tell you for the Big 12. What teams are we playing? Well, not we can't settle it for the Big 12. We don't know all of them, but we know the core. We know the 12 they have right now. Uh, 14 this year, 12 obviously next year, but really the 12 you'll be playing. Um, can the pack add anybody? Because that exit fee for San Diego State is tripling here in about 17 days, whenever it is. Uh, 30 days have something. Yeah, 30, so 17 days here. That thing triples, then we can't get them out. If we don't have a TV deal by then, what are we going to, you know, how are we going to get them out of there? SMU, do we know if they're going to add them or not? I don't know. Uh, you don't know who you're going to be playing. Also, Oregon and Washington, we can't act like their status is safe. Colorado's got the – Arizona, too. They've got what they need to pull the trigger. It's just a matter of wanting, like, the smoking gun, right? They want the um, – you know, they they want the footage of the crime being committed. They want the the doorbell camera – of, you know, the, the robber knocking on the door, breaking into the house. You know, they, they want all of that. Whatever analogy you want to pick. They want that smoking gun to be like, see, it's there. But to me, and look, I know a Big 12, I cover from the Big 12 perspective, but we've been covering this for so long that it's not, it's not about the Big 12 being a better option overall. It's about the Pac-12 not delivering on what they thought was possible and now the Big 12 is a more safe, consistent option because they've got good television partners, they've got a strong enough deal, and they've got members that are all in on the vision. And publicly, we know that this conference is going one direction and has some ideas about how to go. I can't say the Pac-12 leadership has covered themselves in glory during this process, right? So there's confidence in leadership as well. Also, if you're Colorado, it's, once again, it's a conference that you've been in before. And you can return to those kind of fertile recruiting grounds of the Texas area. Now you can also go to Florida too. Uh, you know, and East, the East Coast could expand even further on that. But you know, that's down the line. Of course, you at least know you're going to Texas and Florida when you play your opponents. So that is where I am on, like, th that's where this Colorado stuff, I really did find that, you know, the, the patience waning. And look, I think it sounds like they're going to get an idea of hard numbers, you know, when those come in. I mean, this is what Pete Thamel says. The latest timeline for a deal came from Washington State President Kirk Schultz, who predicted by the end of June in a board meeting on Friday, holding the Pac-12 to Schultz's uh, date might be foolish as it came in the context of him trying to get board approval for a budget, not a hard and fast deadline. The most realistic expectation for the Pac-12 remains later this summer. 
The Pac-12 won't be blindsided if Colorado does end up leaving. It has acknowledged around the league that the Buffaloes would be replaced by San Diego State, a quick solution that delivers a desirable market. But it's also not as simple as plug and play, since the symbolism of Colorado leaving would likely mean more than one actual defection, leading to more departures and uncertainty. The dominoes, the Jenga tower, right? Guys, if one leaves, it's hard to see it just be as, as one going. Also, once again, like it causes another financial issue. All of this, Colorado leaving, being replaced by SDSU, if you want to avoid that large financial penalty for SDSU, all has to take place by the end of July. There's no bones about that. If To avoid that financial pit, that's when it's going to have to take place unless I'm totally missing something. So you are under the gun and that puts that timeline once again under the gun. You have to get that thing done. And Pete Dammel here, much like other folks that we've talked about and to, does not see them getting this thing done by like the end of June. Like it doesn't feel reasonable. It goes to the fact where it's like, they're just, they're not getting the numbers they want. Um, and also Pete mentions who else could end up jumping to the big 12. The prospect of Colorado leaving the big 12 is real enough that schools are already jockeying to see who could join them. It is instructive that big 12 commissioner Brett Yormark denied the meeting with Memphis about uh, you know, joining the conference, but hasn't denied contact with Colorado and UConn. For now, Memphis interests remain strongest on Memphis's side, as they are part of the Big 12's white board of potential additions. Sources say the Big 12 has held an in-person visit with school officials at Colorado at a neutral site, and they've also had an on-campus visit to Connecticut. That UConn meeting has uh, some predicting that if Colorado does jump to the Big 12, UConn is a top choice to join the other four corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, to join the Buffaloes. There's also a notion bubbling up in the Big 12 that patience may be the most prudent option if Colorado ends up joining the league in the upcoming months. This assumes no one else from Pac-12 joins them. The Big 12's main objective is to fortify the league with the best brands and maximize markets, uh, mar uh, markets to maximize revenue in the league's next television deal, which comes up after 2030. Ah, what have I been talking about, folks, that is also a factor? I'm glad that Pete brought this up. It's not always just about this TV deal if you are the Pac-12 schools. It's about the next one as well. The Big 12 sets themselves up very well because, you know, if you're not the Big 10, you're not the SEC, uh, you know, all right, who you compete against the ACC, well, they don't go to market until 2036. Pac-12 has no TV deal, so you feel pretty good about going to market in 2030 if you are the Big 12 conference. All of these things are interesting. So, that is where we're at with the Big 12 stuff. We are going to attack the Pac-12 TV side of things, and we're also going to attack the ACC side of things uh, at a later date. But I wanted to really hammer this Colorado part of things and say the patience is waning, and it should be. Uh, Colorado should be, you know, like, I guess they can take the time at this point, but, I mean, what else does, what else does Colorado need to make this decision? What else they need? Are you, is Colorado worried that a Hail Mary could happen and the Pac-12 might beat them? Or are they just saying, look, we have the time. We can just wait. Let's just make sure the numbers aren't, aren't better. I think that's the big question. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Uh, make sure you all subscribe to the channel, like the video, and leave a comment as well. We'll see you all tomorrow.